kept trying to break in the auto industry. I would get contracts here and there. Um, and then when the economy started picking up a little, um, they were like, oh yeah, you have great experience. Um, and I would have like really good contracts. But for the engineering job, they were like, well, we need your degree. And I'm like, why when I have this experience and I finish? evolving, growing in and knowing, wisdom is flowing, if you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. Welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. Today's guest is Maisha Williamson, who is a product manager, and she's worked for several big companies. But before I interview her, I want to personally thank you for tuning in and supporting our show. If you yeah. haven't yet, hit that follow or subscribe button. I encourage you, don't keep this to yourself. Share these aspiring stories with your friends. Invite them to subscribe and connect with us on social media. So, Maisha, can you give a brief intro of yourself? Yeah, yeah. My name is Maisha Williamson. I am uh, the mother to one wonderful, beautiful toddler. I am the wife of none, so it's just me and the toddler. Um, I am a product manager. I work in, I guess they call it big tech or semi-big tech, but I work for software companies. And um, I also have two businesses, one where I help Black women transition into um, technical project management. And the other one is where I help students master the SAT and get scholarships to college. So those are my businesses. And I'm usually a technical product manager during the daytime. (laughs) Wow, that's so cool. So you know what? I used to be a tutor. I used to tutor for the SAT. And I Mm -hmm. still like the math portion. I I know it's all rules and tricks, right? It's like knowing the grammar rules, knowing the things. And it's like, it's interesting because you kind of go in and you're like, wow, it's not as hard once you know how to identify right. uh, rules. But again, it's just like everything. It's about knowing the game. Yeah. So let's kind of take it back, right? So you got into product management, but it's one of those roles that a lot of people get into awesome. accidentally. Yeah. It sort of organically happens. But before we dive deep into that, let's go back to high school. How was high school like for you? And what do you want to be in high school? So in high school, I wanted to be an astronaut. So Mae, yeah, <laughs> Mae Jemison um, is from the neighborhood I grew up in, and Mae Jemison is um, the first Black woman to go into space. So she's from the South Side of Chicago, same neighborhood that I grew up in. And, I mean, not I didn't grow up there, but I was born yeah, there, yeah. and I moved to the Chicago suburbs. So. Um, she was my role model. I wanted to be an astronaut. She was an engineer first. So that was the path that I knew I was going to follow. And so I wanted to be an engineer, go to school for engineering, and then eventually be an astronaut and design planes. Like that was what I wanted to go to, go to school for. So (laughs) that's what I thought I was going to do in high school. Okay. So did you, so what happened after high school? Yeah. So after high school, I went to the university of Michigan for mechanical engineering that's tough. It's like, yeah. it's like University of Michigan is like super hard. Yeah. So I went to uh, University of Michigan for mechanical engineering. I was like minoring in aerospace. And I went to University of Michigan because they actually produce the most amount of astronauts. So okay. um, I went there for a few years. Summers, it, college was tough. College was tough for me. Um, I was used to being a top student in high school, always top student. And then you're thrown in with all these top students from all around the country. Um, And not only that, I feel like I was the only African-American woman in my grade for my major. Um, I I never saw, there might've been like an international woman, but like no 
Black American women in my classes. Um, so it, it was tough, like for me anyway. Uh, a lot of stuff from the professors, a lot of crap from the other students, um, people questioning your intelligence all the time. I, and the work was hard just right. you know, on its own. Engineering, look, engineering is different. It's not like psychology yeah. or like business or all these other majors. Engineering is just tough. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really tough. It's It, it was really tough. And so a lot of personal things, a lot of schools, but um, I, I wouldn't take my experience back. But like we're saying, if we're talking to our 15-year-old self, I would go somewhere where I had a full ride. So let, let me tell that story. So yeah. I, I like top student in college, really high ACT scores, SAT scores, um, really high GPA, all the AP classes, all that. So, you know, like yeah. I'm like super serious student and I got full rides and I'm talking like tuition, room and board yeah. and stipend to like nine universities. Right. Oh, wow. And then the University of Michigan, they came at me with like $20,000. And I was like, that's not going to work. So I called them and I told them about my other offers. And they were like, we can pay your tuition. That's the best we could do. So I went there and gave up like these full rides and stipend. And I'm like, well, I only have to pay my room and board. Not realizing how much room and board costs. Room and board is tricky. It's like another 10 to 15K a year. And the meal yeah. plans are never enough. Like I remember college meal plans and I was still hungry. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And especially if you're going to take five years, six years in school. Yeah, that's a lot of <laughs> that's a lot of money just on room and board. So I would say, you know, if you're talking to my 18 year old self, like really understanding interest and really understanding like money, because you don't understand it at 18. You don't understand yeah. loans. And then people are like, oh, you can just take off these loans and pay it back when you get a good job. And that didn't quite happen for me the way that <laughs> like I thought it was going to happen. So um, because of some financial issues, personal issues, whatever, partially I'm on this, uh, this, this podcast is I finished my classes and I finished uh, the required coursework for my degree, but my degree was never conferred because I had a balance for the university. And people like, oh, I have loan balances. No, I have a balance at the university. And so they will not give, you know, they will not confer your diploma with that balance. And that balance is exorbitant. (laughs) Very, very exorbitant. So um, I had a scholarship and it took me five years. The scholarship only lasted four years and they would not cover that fifth year. Oh, that's sad. They, They let me take the classes and they let me, so I have you know, the loans from the room and board. And then I have that last year's tuition bill. And they're like, yeah, you don't, don't pay the last year's tuition bill. Nah, don't pay. Don't, <laughs> if you need to, I'll, I'll mail you like a diploma or something. Like I'll, I'll do whatever I can, but you don't need that diploma. Okay. So you, you went through the whole thing and you did right. well. So now what happened after, like, you know, right. what, what jobs did you go for? What came next? Right. So I finished, Finished college in 2008. And mind you, while I was in college, I was initially wanted, I'm like, I want to work for NASA, all this. I kind of changed my mind. Like, I like transportation. I knew that. I like transportation. I like jets, planes. I like all of that. And I still am into that. So I went into the auto industry and I was in Detroit area, you know. Oh, yeah, big Um, for that. Exactly. Really big. So um, I had internships with Ford. 
Um, I had internships with a major electric company. So I, I thought, you know, I was still on that good path. But 2008, our economy crashed. Oh, um, that was a tough time for yeah, everyone. Yeah. Worldwide, it was cra- it was crazy. But Michigan, um, I stayed there after because I'm like, I'm not moving back in with my parents. Right. But I stayed there after I finished. Um, they let me walk in graduation. Right. So I walked oh. in graduation and everything. It did not give me a diploma. Like yeah. people were like, why are you not happy at your graduation? I'm like, because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, so after school, I had all these internships. I tried to go back to Ford and they're like, we're having a hiring freeze. We're letting people off, laying people off. You know, um, a lot of my colleagues from college their parents worked at the major three, like parents were killing themselves because they had lost everything. Like they lost their retirement. They lost their jobs. Like a lot of the parents are like VPs at these major companies. And they just, I don't know. It it was complete. It was terrible. Um, I ended up working in a gym, like front desk at a gym. And I had 40 hours there. And the lady who was my boss, she felt bad for everybody who was coming in and asking for a job. So she would just give everybody a job. Right. But here's the thing. You only have so many hours to schedule. Right. So I went from 40 hours to working two hours a week. And yeah. (laughs) And, um, I was trying to work at McDonald's anywhere just so I wouldn't have to go home restaurants and nobody was hiring because people, especially in Michigan, weren't spending money. They didn't have jobs. Yeah. Um, so I moved back in London, Chicago with my mom and the economy was a little better in Chicago. At least people could work at McDonald's, you know? <laughs> so I worked at like restaurants, like, I don't know. I worked at Macy's. I worked at restaurants. I worked as a server. And I remember one lady, um, as I was serving, she came up to me and she was like, your name Aisha? I was like, yeah. She was like, you, you were in my kindergarten class. I was your kindergarten teacher. I was like, oh yeah, I remember you. You know, it had been like 20 yeah. years, right? She's like, I was like, I really, I remember you. And she was like, I thought you were gonna be a doctor or something, and you're a waitress. And I was like, this is the worst, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> the absolute worst. So um, yeah, I just had like a long time of those type of jobs. And I kept trying to break in the auto industry. I would get contracts here and there. Um, and then when the economy started picking up a little. Um, they were like, oh, yeah, you have a great experience. Um, and I would have like really good contracts. But for the engineering jobs, they were like, well, we need your degree. We need your degree. And I'm like, why when I have this experience and I finish and I need this job to pay them back if I am going to yeah, pay them yeah. back? <laughs> right? <laughs> so um, I had a lot of trouble there, honestly. Yeah. Um, and then years later, I met. Well, my dad was always pushing me to get into tech. He was like, computers are the future, computers in the future. I'm like, you know, I walk around, I'm a factory person, I'm this. I don't want to sit down at a computer all day. That's not me. Um, but I, I started to get into it and a friend who was in tech really pushed me as well. And I saw his example and he was employed all the time during this recession. And I was like, hmm, okay, this is something I'm going to look into. And so um, I started teaching myself how to code. I went to a coding boot camp. That didn't help me personally, but um, I did a lot of freelance projects for a while. And 
through networking, I kind of got my my first three tech jobs. So, um, what were the first three tech jobs that you got? Yeah, so I my first job was a social media consultant. I'll say that, okay. but um, I don't know the best word for it. But I would work with like five different um, Fortune five hundred companies, and I would help them with their social media, their analytics. And I would kind of set up their analytics campaigns and analyze their campaigns to help them um, determine how they're going to use their marketing. For example, I might set up a campaign for, let's say, Budweiser and um, during their during the Super Bowl. So I would look through all their analytics for the past year and see who should we be targeting, um, like what should be our copy, like what should we be focusing on based off what our trends were for the last 12 years. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Wait, hold on. Did you have 12 years of data to look at for I mean, I, I said 12 years. I meant 12, 12 months. <laughs> okay, okay. I was like, I was like, uh, I mean, yeah. there, there are job postings that say like 20 plus years of experience in social media. I'm like, oh, that'll make sense. But nah. it is what it is. So, okay. So you, you got to social media. What came after the social media job? Yeah. So after the social media job, I was a business analyst, kind of okay. similar type of thing. But I only had, um, I worked for the company, the internal client, and I would um, kind of QA all their marketing collateral and okay. um, like all their technical marketing collateral. So like making sure that everything runs right and, and yeah. runs together. Um, and I kind of do something similar to all of that for small businesses. So like I helped, you know, friends will come yeah. to me with a small business and I'll help them with their social media analytics and I'll help them QA all their processes. So I feel like those roles that I had in corporate kind of helped um, with that. Well, what I was doing with small business helped transfer into yeah. those corporate roles. Okay. Um, and then my uh, my last position, I was a product manager at Expedia. So I was able to um, kind of translate all that work I did before onto product managing Expedia. And so there I was like a junior product manager. So any updates or bugs or issues that the software had, I would kind of like find those bugs and issues and prioritize them with our software teams. So make sure they... Yeah, so now kind of looking back, what did you learn from those earlier jobs, like being a server that really helped you and set you set yourself apart for the later jobs? Yeah, I mean, I think... I, I actually enjoyed serving, um, but... <laughs> so YouTube, I walked out on my serving job because I realized like if I kept serving that I was never going to leave serving, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was yeah. like but um, I feel like what I learned was that um, how you people value conversation and people value small talk. And when I work a job or do a job, I'm very like, what are we doing? What's the task? I came here to work. So I don't get fired and I'm leaving. Right. And yeah. not really building relationships with people. Cause I just want to get the, the job done. Yeah. And I realized that building relationships and building rapport with people helps you get the job done and it helps you get, you know, the outcome that you're looking for. So that's something I felt like I learned on those jobs. And, um, also it's okay to make mistakes. Um, <laughs> my first day, I feel like I dropped four plates of food and I was just like, you know, having panic attacks. And like, my boss is like, it's okay. Like we, we price that into, you know, we price you all dropping food into how we price our food. Like it's completely okay. It's all right. And, you know, 
you have to give yourself grace. You're never going to be perfect all the time. And you have to price into your life that mistakes are going to happen. Sex backs are going to happen and, you know, keep on moving on. So. Yeah, you know what? I used to work at Popeyes. Oh, really? I re- yeah, back I was like in a, after ninth grade or whatever, yeah. uh, a job just to make some money, and we had to make like the cinnamon apple pies or whatever. And you, after the apple pie was made, you had to put it in the cinnamon thing and shake it. Right? I shook it so hard, I broke like five, and I was like, oh man, I broke the cinnamon <laughs> pie. And now looking back, I'm like, it's probably like two dollars worth of right. cinnamon pie <laughs> and all that stuff. But it, it, you do feel like, oh my god, what did I do? And then you realize, like, hey, it's not a big deal at all. Right. So, how did it feel when you did land? And you said you mentioned that you networked a lot. Like, can you kind of break that down? Like, what did it mean by networking? Because Back then, it was very different because social media and all the platforms weren't as evolved and they weren't as there was there isn't as much there wasn't as much community as there is today. Yeah. Yeah. So several things I did and I was probably like networking more for my business. Yeah. But um, I would like post what I was doing or what I was looking for in different Facebook groups. Um, I, and I would network a lot in person. Like I'm always going to a networking event. I was always going to happy hour or something like that. This is before me having a baby, of course, but, but, um, doing a lot of in person. And, um, I think people started to know me in local places. So when I decided that, um, I wanted to go to work, I think I posted on Facebook or something or something like that. And so many people reached out, people reached out with jobs. People reached out and in interviews, things like that. So um, there was a lot of in-person networking and a lot of posting in Facebook groups, I think. so. Okay, yeah. I mean, that that's crazy because that was like the early days. That, that was when Facebook yeah. groups were like... Su- I mean, they still work, but that's cool to yeah. kind of see. <laughs> now, you, you obviously worked as a business analyst. Now, what did you learn as a business analyst and how... Well, before the business analyst, the social media consultant, what right. did you learn from the from that job that helped you as a business analyst? Social media consultant, I would say, um, so this one was more outward facing. I had like outward facing clients, um, but knowing how to like, I guess, critically think, see things that are not there and think as a consultant. Don't think as just like a practitioner of your job. Think like, oh, how can I help how can I help the company? How am I adding value to the company and come in as an expert? You know what I'm talking to people. Like, um, I think that's what I learned. I hope that makes sense. Like, no, that makes sense. It, yeah. Some people just approach it. Hey, I get the job done, but mm-hmm. the consultant goes into the why, how do I make these right. things better? How do I go deep dive? And you sort of act as like a partner to the right. business. Exactly. So just like doing the day-to-day tasks. Okay. Got my job done. Got my reports. Let me get out. Right. So I think that was the biggest thing. Like, you know, how can I partner? They are my client. How can I partner with a company? How am I going to, you know, do it? So I think that helped me with business analysts, but, um, the particular business analyst role that I had, um, I thought it was cool and the company was great. The company is amazing. Um, but I found out that that type of business analyst wasn't for me. I actually left pretty quickly because I, I, I just was like, this is not, um, for me, this was inward facing, this wasn't client facing. Um, and also it was like a it, very small detail of analysis. And I was like, yeah. no, I'm more of a big picture person. I'm more like a big picture thinker. So it wasn't for me. So okay. then our, um, 
I've landed in product management in the next role. And okay. I, I liked it. It, I, like you said, you kind of land randomly in product management and I'm like, okay, well I'm here now. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I liked it. Now, you landed in product management. How'd you kind of learn? Because nowadays there are so many resources, but I can only imagine like, did you even know the role existed? No, I like I learned about it a few years no. ago. So how'd you apply for the job? And did someone tell you? And you're like, what literally. is this job? Yeah, literally was recommended for it. Again, like all of these positions literally just recommended. So um, I was recommended for all these positions. And they're like, oh, Maisha knows this type of stuff. So whatever. And I go in and how did I learn? I don't think I did a good job of learning. I'm going to be completely honest. <laughs> like, I don't think I did a good job of learning. But what, what I tried to do is, because I didn't really understand what a product manager was. Like, I just didn't even understand. Yeah. I tried to, like, read everything that the company, you know, all the information the company had, do all the internal learning. I would have coffee chats with uh, fellow colleagues and things like that. But um, mostly like really trying to read internally, ask my manager a lot of questions and have coffee chats. And I still don't think I did a great job of learning that. And especially, so now I'm like really studying what product management is. I'm like, oh, so how I would approach it. And this is how I would tell anybody else who's new to product management. Um, definitely. Do I have the book next to me? I want to see if I have the book next to me. Which are cracking the PM career. That's a good one. But, yeah, I read that. Uh, I'm trying to see that. Anyway, oh, here it is. So, oh, my, my daughter's artwork over it. But okay. <laughs> the first 90 days. Yeah. So I would really like follow this plan to ramp up. So first of all, a regular meeting sync with your boss and then having regular coffee chats and re-having re those coffee chats with people like, Hey, um, what makes your job difficult? What do you like about your job? How do you learn your job? And what would you um, do to, what could be done to make your job way easier and how can I help you? So asking those questions over and over again, and that kind of gives you insights and patterns into what's going on with the role. Because the thing is, what they're not going to tell you is reading is not going to get you the knowledge that you need. And I thought that reading was going to get me all the knowledge that I needed. Um, being a good product manager is having really, really good relationships with as many people as you can throughout teams and really understanding their roles and really understanding um, how you fit into those roles and what are the opportunities. So as I'm learning now, that's how I would approach it now. There's definitely reading involved, but you want to be a collector of data. So if that data is from your customers, is that data is from your fellow employees, that data is from, you know, um, internal clients, like continuously collecting that data however you can. Um, and that's how I would approach it differently. And that's how I'm going to, you know, approach it from now on. Yeah. So now you obviously did product management mm -hmm. and you left that. And now let's kind of talk about your businesses. So yeah. how how did that happen? Yeah. So, um, They've kind of been happening for a long time. Um, during that period where um, I was like waitressing and doing all this, people started asking me because they knew I went to University of Michigan. Like, oh, how did you get in? How did you get in? Whatever. I'm like, I have really good test scores. And so people started asking me to tutor them for SAT prep. 
So um, did that for a long time. And honestly, probably tutoring and paying the bills for a long time. Um, So it's kind of evolved through the years to become something like pretty more serious than it was before. Um, And now I'm trying to like build a tutoring company, like a real company and um, treating it like a product manager. This is my product. I'm collecting the data. I'm iterating based off of data and building a product. So yeah, and, and people don't realize that there's money in tutoring and parents like invest in their kids and all that. And it's one of those things that, and it's rewarding too. It's cool to kind of see like the kids then, you know, they failed the test and now they got their first 90 and they're so happy and they realize that they're not dumb like they might have thought before and that they, they can actually do things. So that that's the one thing about tutoring. And you said you have another business, right, too. Mm-hmm. Kind of similar thing, like, because SAT prep is so structured. Yeah. I'm just like leading them through that structure. And so the same people ask me, a lot of Black women specifically have asked me how to break into tech. Um, and so I give them a path on how to break into tech without learning how to code. Because I did learn how to code initially, and I felt like the boot camp I went to, personally, the boot camp I went to did not prepare me for a real coding job. Like, I was able to do some freelance work, but it wasn't strenuous enough to prepare me for a coding job. And two, I was like, I didn't really want to take what it really took, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, to learn how to code for real. So um, I knew there had to be another path into tech. But yeah, I helped Black women transition tech. My my most recent story, I like to tell people, I helped a single mom transition from being an admin assistant to a product owner in three weeks. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, she was on it. She was motivated. No, no trust me. I've seen, I, I've done some things and it's like, <laughs> these people come in like, let me know, tell me everything you right. want to do. And they okay. do everything and more. You're like, okay, wow. Like, <laughs> Right. Yeah. She was on fire. She was serious. She was hungry. And she like, that, that was that. So, you know, I just gave her the plan. Yeah. And she followed the plan. So Okay. That's cool. Now, how did you sort of manage the businesses and work? Because I know sometimes like work can get a lot. How did you manage that? Yeah. So um, what I do is I let my jobs know, like, well, I let them know I'm a mom. I let them know, like, I can work these hours. I let them know I can't work also these hours. I like, I let them know pretty upfront. Um, so there's that. Um, I don't work on my business during my working hours. Um, I have an admin assistant that helps me with some tasks that I can't work on during the day. Um, and then Monday through Wednesday, I work on my business like, I would say like five to nine or something. So yeah. I'm pretty solid working on my business five to nine. And then on Saturday morning, or if somebody takes my baby over the weekend, I'll, work, I'll do like stuff on the weekends, but just pretty solid 15, 20 hours. And I just kind of schedule my time that time, my time that way. So you manage both the businesses and work. What did the businesses do for you that you feel like work didn't do for you? Yeah, absolutely. So tutoring, especially I've done that since, you know, before I had a real career or anything like that. So I think it taught me that I can make money without having to rely on somebody else. And that's very, very empowering. And that I can pay all my bills and have savings without having to rely on somebody else. So it let me know. A lot of people think like, I have to take this route 
you know, I have to do this. I have to have 401k. I have to have the good insurance. Um, that's the only way to make money. That's the only way to have real income or take care of yourself. And I feel like I've disproved that. Um, now I do like a steady paycheck. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> like Who doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> I do like a steady paycheck, but um, there's a certain freedom in being able to make your own money. There's a certain freedom in being able to have your own business because you don't have to stay in toxic relationships. You don't have to stay in toxic situations. And when I say relationships, I mean like, you know, business relationship, work relationships, anything like that, or personal relationships, because you knew, know that you can do your own thing and be okay. So I think that definitely is empowering for me. Now, looking back, what would you say are the things that you personally did that always got you ahead? Like you were always like, all right, you know what? I'm going to take action. I'm going to do X, Y, Z because I want to keep moving up. Not listening to people. <laughs> I think, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, what I, I'm unrealistic. I'm very unrealistic. Um, and anytime that I started to listen to the negative things that people were saying, I used to really, really start to take that stuff to heart until I realized like the same people who had like bad things to say or being negative. One of the people who told me that they had bad things to say or like had bad things to say about my ideas or told me I was being realistic, followed the plan that I said I was going to take. And she makes like twice as much money as I do. And I was like, and she told me years later, she followed my plan. And, um, that was just one situation where I was like, hmm, you know, there are people who are saying to you that this is unrealistic, but they're listening to what you're saying or they're just telling you it's unrealistic because they don't see it for themselves. So yeah. continuing to be unrealistic, continuing to not listen to what people say. And if I have a plan or a goal and I think I can do it, like go ahead and do it. And you brought up a great point that oftentimes, sometimes the negative talk that people give it's really them talking about themselves because they couldn't do it or they feel they're not capable that other people must not be capable either now obviously we all make mistakes what would you say are the mistakes you've made along the way now that you're older and kind of looking back like hey you know what that's something that i i'm working on or i kind of fixed or i shouldn't have done Hmm, that's a good question. Like biggest mistakes. Um, I talked about the college decision yeah. <laughs> and taking all the debt, but um, I would say the mistakes that I've made or should have not have done. Um, I would say like I think that I should have been more focused earlier. Not a mistake, but it's just a lesson. I should have more focused earlier on like what I wanted to do in tech. Like I really had no idea and was just kind of bouncing around, and people were like oh, Maisha, you should do this or whatever. And that's what I did. Now it helped me find product management. So that is, you know, a good thing. But I would definitely be a little bit more focused on what I wanted to do and like make an education plan to get to that place. Um, But I just kind of bounced around, honestly. Yeah. So let's talk about other people's mistakes. So you obviously help a lot of people in tech and I help a lot of people too. And I see mistakes. What are some common mistakes that you kind of see? Like you give people a plan, but some people are just not ready for the plan. And what are the common characteristics of those people? Yeah. So the number one thing is I want to transition to tech, but I don't know what I don't do. You don't, you're not ready to transition into tech, (laughs) tech, right? Um, If you are asking someone for help, 
you need to research a little bit. You need to know like the different career options there are because no one wants to help someone who doesn't know anything. Like they just really don't. Um, You have to know the different career options. You have to know a little bit about the learning paths and you have to say, hey, I think these things are interesting. I think data analytics is interesting. I think coding is interesting. Here are my strengths. What do you think would be a good fit for me based on that? That is a better question to ask so someone can help you, right? Um, I would say the number one mistake is I just want to transition to tech because I heard it's a good career field. Please help me. So I feel like that's number one. Number two is they might know what they want to transition to, but they listen to a lot of these groups. There's a lot of tech groups. There can be a lot of negative voices in them, just like we're talking about negative voices. People like, oh, back in my day, you had to have 10 years experience. Back in my day, you have to go get a college degree. Back in my day, you had to do this. You can't do that without doing this. And a lot of people listen to that and it paralyzes them from making progress or thinking they want to transition in tech because there's all these old tech heads saying that, you know, you have to take this long path. But there's a lot of newer tech heads who didn't take that long path. You know what I'm saying? And still have results. And and degrees are way less of a requirement than they were even 10, 15 years ago. So um, I think that's the number two biggest thing. Number three, not having confidence in yourself. Not having confidence. I feel like I spend a lot lot of my time being a cheerleader. Um, But if if I feel like someone's confidence is very, very low... I suggest they work on that first because I'm not going to have results if you don't see yourself doing this, you know? Yeah. If you, cause let them reject you. If you go in there and you reject yourself, then you're yeah. just making it easier. They're going to say you're not enthusiastic right. or you're not going to be the best version of yourself. You're not going to show up with the version that you truly are because you have these limiting voices right. in your head. Right. And I like what you said before. It's like people help those who help themselves. Right. It's like, even look, I have people who pay me and I'm pretty sure you do too, but I don't want to help someone like lift them off the ground. Like one thing, one quote that someone said is like, I'll help you climb the mountain. I'll pull you up, but I'm not going to carry you on my back. Right. And no, like we're not your parents. We're not all that. And the fact is, it's like, what happens when I get tired? Like, are you going to walk up or are you going to wait? And the fact is in your career, you're going to have to advocate for yourself. You're going to have to do it for years and years on end. So if you don't take that initial step, and that's sometimes the hardest step. If you don't take that, you can't take the second or third step. So now the industry has changed a lot over the years, right? There are product management is one of the hottest careers right now. So many more people know about it. A lot of people are transitioning. So what have you seen? Like what have, what are the biggest changes you've seen in the industry over time? About product management? Yeah. yeah, yeah. answer that question i haven't been in long enough but i think before i'll say this before i feel like product management wasn't really a word i feel like it wasn't a word or career until like maybe the last six or seven years and i would say that before i've been a project manager for a very long time yeah and i would say that before that these were senior project managers product managers were senior project managers right okay but now i feel like it's definitely there's definitely a separation. There's definitely um, more definement of what a product manager is. So I would definitely say that. Um, and also, I feel like it's diversified. It's like way the field is way more diversified than it used to be. 
I'm pretty sure it used to be a whole bunch of white men just because like, yeah. Oh, your referral network. And they're just like, it, it was very much, you had to have an MBA, you know, these type of things. But now it's definitely what's your self-education, what's your industry education. Can you position yourself to show that you can be a b- good product manager? Like that's really what it is. So, um, I think it's definitely gotten away from being so white, honestly, and then yeah. being like only MBAs can have this. Well, you know, it's interesting because they have the Ivy League to product management pipeline. Right. And I see it all the time. Like they have like irrelevant experience, get the MBA and to become a product manager. And that's kind of why I see a lot of companies lack innovation because they're not having people with different experiences who are trying mm-hmm. out different products because these people have not kind of grown up in that. And then they're a different type of user, right? They're a very right. specific type of user and in product management, you need to have users and people with all right. types of perspectives. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And that's what I tell like my women that I work with, like why they need to be in tech. We need people like diversity in tech because we need a diversity in products. Um, yeah. I remember a long time ago, the Apple watch got an Apple watch on now, yeah. but it used to be, you know, really big and it only had a really big band. And somebody said, did you think about people with small wrists? Did you think about yeah. women? Do you think about, you know, these different things with designing the product? Um, and that's why we need different people designing products. Because did you think about mothers? Did you think about, you know, fathers, parents, um, somebody who's um, single and has no family? And these things matter when you're building yeah. products. Because before we were only building products for old white men who had wives at home, you know? like Yeah, yeah. So No, I mean, it's a very true thing. And it's like... I, I've seen like a lot of companies, they sort of lack innovation and they just copy, right? Like you yeah. see like a lot of like TikTok has caused YouTube shorts, has caused yeah. Instagram reels and has changed the things. And it's like, you know, why did it take another app to kind of have this, you know, fulfill this need? You know, where was it? You know, why did it take so hard? So, you know, I'm always a big fan of diversity because we yeah. need that that innovation. Now, let's go. I want to ask you something personal. Mm-hmm. What would you say is your biggest accomplishment in your career so far? My biggest accomplishment in my career, I would say honestly, just honestly breaking into tech. I feel like that was my biggest accomplishment. Like, I'm proud of myself for that. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and people are like, oh, you were an engineer before. It's a completely different thing. Like, of course, you know, maybe I'm analytical or whatever, but it's a completely different thing. It's a di- completely different skill set that you need. And I'm just, I used to be so set on being an astronaut. I'm proud of myself for, or designing cars that I decided to take this whole new route and like really learn and really break into something new. So I think that's Now let's go the other way. What would you say was the hardest period of your life and why was it hard? (laughs) And so the hardest period of my life, um, similarly breaking into tech. So I kind of glanced over it, but I went to a boot camp and then I said I got my first job. There was a several year period in between that time. And most people, like, they go through a boot camp, you're expecting to get a job immediately. And I would say that was definitely the hardest time of my life. Um, a lot of things were going on. So I went to a full time, one of those full time boot camps. You couldn't work while you were doing it. So I quit my job. Um, I didn't want to pay rent, I moved out my place. I lived with like some strangers in Detroit. They're not complete strangers, but they're yeah. strangers. Yeah. Um, my one of my friends from college, 
I stayed with his parents um, while I was going to this boot camp. So it was, you know, people I didn't know very well, but they opened their house and they were so nice um, while I was taking this boot camp. And then my mother fell very, very ill. She felt very ill. So I had to move back to Chicago to help take care of her. And so I'm trying to break into tech and take care of my mother. And it was very, very hard. And I was trying to look for something remote. And this is pre-pandemic. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Pre-pandemic. I remember I was looking for a remote job in like 2017. You had to have like 10 years of experience as a programmer. I was like, damn, like it's so hard. And now it's like, ah, it's like a remote job. So I needed the flexibility to be able, you know, take care of my mom, trying to look for a remote role. It was, it was insane. It was hard. Um, I drove Uber at night, honestly, to help pay bills. I was tutoring, taking care of my mom. So that circle, it was very, very, very vicious kind of circle. And then I actually, I had my first role was a remote role. So I actually found a remote role pre-pandemic, um, but it wasn't a linear path like I thought it was. Um, I started doing tech freelancing, like I said, Uber, Lyft, like all kinds yeah. of stuff. So that was really tough. It was a really tough time, but um, it led to, you know, something I was proud of. Yeah. Have you ever felt insecure about not having the degree? I mean, yours is a very unique case in that you took all the classes. It's just like, yeah, I'm not paying these bills. Oh, yeah. I would definitely, like, I don't anymore. Um, and even my friends were like, you should finish it too or go... Go finish because like I tried to finish it. I tried to like yeah. go get it right, and they were like, "Oh, you have to retake these classes because you didn't pay for it, and we've changed the requirements." I was like, "I'm not doing this shit." Oh, excuse me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I'm not doing this stuff." But um, so my friends are like, "You need to be example to your daughter. You need to do this." I priced it out. It was gonna be like fifty thousand dollars. Oh not no no that. oh no 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 don't do that. That's not a like return on investment, you know, yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, like yeah. To do that. Um, so I did feel insecure, especially like most of my twenties, I'm working at Macy's, you know what I'm saying? And like, yeah, my friends have jobs. They might have, they're not paid as much as they would have pre like yeah. whatever, but they still have jobs. They're still doing all this. And I'm working at Macy's I'm working at restaurants. So it was definitely a lot of insecurity for a very long time. And then now I've honestly gotten to the point, And this is not just now because like, I've broken in tech. I've gone through therapy for this, but like, I can't tie my worth or who I am to my job title. Like, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of yeah. my career, but I'm proud if I don't have a career, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm not tying myself. I think, you know, we shared a tweet about that, but, you know, I'm not tying myself to or my worth to my job or what I do. So, yeah. Or my status. And a lot of people in these academic circles, you know, I went to a prestigious school. They do. And you have to learn how to remove yourself from that. Nah, that's that's important. So what advice would you have to someone who's either like 18 years old or they're dropping out of college and they want to be a product manager? What advice would you kind of give them? So, yeah, I think product manager is a new hotness right now. I would say learn data. I would say learn data. Um, and learn to genuinely care about customers and people. Um, those are the two things I would say. Because when you start to care about customers and people, you will form ways to collect data to really, really understand customer. Um, but, but I think the data part is really big. And if you become a data analyst first and then transition into product, I think that is like, yeah. to me, the golden route. 
that is a good route because again, it's like you need the data, you need that customer and you combine them and it's a very deadly combo. Now I'm going to ask you, what would you tell 18 year old Maisha today? So you're 18 year, you come across and it's today. So obviously it's, you know, based on today's technology, what would you tell her? 18 year old Maisha, I would say, I would say switch to computer science. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I, that's my regret because I did like applied math and economics. I would have economics. I could throw out the degree like that degree is like nothing. I would have done at least minor than comp side. Right. I, I would say so. I wanted to minor in computer science um, originally. I did want to minor, but I was like, this is hard. And then when I started like learning the code, um, coding in the real world is nothing like they teach us in school. I would have told myself, just stick it out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and the real world is not like these classes. And I would say switch to computer science. That's that's what I would tell eight-year-old Asia. Yeah. Anything else like personally? So major wise, let's talk about yeah. personal. So like, I would say it's okay not to be perfect. I feel like I was a perfectionist and like when disappointments came, it was hard for me to think like, oh, if I just work harder, I can overcome every obstacle. There's some obstacles that you can't overcome with hard work. And that's a hard yeah. like reality to you know whatever because yeah. you hear all these motivational tapes that are just hard work whatever like it's okay to let something go it's okay to let something go it's okay not to push hard it's not okay not to go to go in a different direction because I felt like for a long time I was pushing to maybe try to go see if I can get that degree that was my main focus like I work this restaurant job to pay off this or do this to pay this and um or like, oh, I need to go finish or I need to go, you know, get that degree. And I think like letting that go was okay. And I felt like, oh, if I didn't finish, then I wasn't successful. Or if I don't get that piece of paper, I wasn't successful. It's okay to not reach your goal and go in a different direction. If that makes sense. So, yeah. No, it makes sense because we're just taught that if you work hard enough, you could be whatever you want. But sometimes things are not right for us, whether it's due mm -hmm. to timing, whether it's due, you know, maybe whatever. you're just not ready at this point in time. And I think so many people just stick it out and then years pass by and you're like, you know what, if I switch path, I would have been way further and I could actually come back to what I originally wanted to do. Yeah, I switched yeah. my focus from like, for a long time, it was whatever I needed to do to get that piece of paper. So I finished my focus from whatever I needed to do to get that piece of paper to getting a career and making money. Like literally my focus, yeah, yeah. like getting a career and making money. And when that became my focus, like my life started improving. I thought my life was going to improve after I had that piece of paper. I yeah, let yeah. that piece of paper go. And I think that's when my life started improving. Yeah, I think that's important. Now, what's something that you want to share that I haven't asked you about? <laughs> Got all my business. So <laughs> <laughs> Um, something I want to share with the folks, I would say, um, I would say like, I, I just want to reemphasize, be unrealistic. Like it's okay. Like reach your dreams, reach your goals, like set crazy dreams, set crazy goals. Because the thing is you only have one life. <laughs> you only have one life to live. And you, I, I don't know. I want to live that life to the max. And it's okay if you don't do things the way that they are traditionally done. 
Um, It's okay to break tradition. It's okay to break your family's tradition. You know, you're not going to hurt. If you're not hurting anybody, that's fine. Like, it's okay to do things your way. I would say that is what I want to share with the audience. Now, I really want to thank you for your time on the podcast. Thank you for sharing your story. How would people support you? How do people support me? So, like I said, I have two businesses. (laughs) So, you can can find me there. So, I have the best and I, how would I get this? I'm, I don't know how I got it, but the best SAT prep.com. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. So the best SAT prep.com and I have the best tech prep.com. So those oh, two. <laughs> you so, have the best websites, basically. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was that SEO work, that social media yeah. work. So um, the best SAT prep.com and the best tech prep.com are my two businesses. You can find me there. You can find me online at Maisha Jahan, M-I-E-S-H-A-J-I-H-A-N on most forms of social media. Um, But YouTube, I think, is probably the best where you will learn the most. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, mm -hmm. I'll share those links in the show notes. So thank you so much for your time. This was an absolute pleasure. I'm so glad I got to know you. And I know you're just going to keep rocking it, whether it's a job or your business. (laughs) I know that you're going to keep moving up and you're going to uplift so many other people along the way. Thank you so much. Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and will go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast, on Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree INC. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, no degree, no problem. NoDegree.com.